Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. Today, I have a mini podcast for you on vitamin A. We're going to highlight this one vitamin. And if you're thinking, what's with vitamin A? Always hear about vitamin D and vitamin C. I feel like vitamin A doesn't really get to stand in the limelight. So it's going to have its moment here on this short podcast. And I think you're going to learn some things about this specific vitamin that maybe you've never considered. And to be honest, your practitioner and doctor might not also be considering. And, you know, as a developed country, this is not something we see deficiency in quite often. However, it is more common than you would think. So let's dive into what the literature has to say about vitamin A and what it might mean for your health. Now, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. So A, D, E, and K are four fat-soluble vitamins. Now, this is in comparison to a water-soluble vitamin, which would be something like a B vitamin or vitamin C. Now, what you need to know about fat-soluble vitamins is that they are processed differently than water-soluble. You always wanna take fat-soluble vitamins with a meal or with fat. Water-soluble vitamins, I often find, are best taken on an empty stomach. That's just a little tidbit for you as you are pairing your vitamins and your mineral supplementation with your meals. But what happens is that water-soluble vitamins are excreted out through the kidneys, right? They're metabolized and excreted out through the urine. But fat-soluble vitamins are actually stored away. If any excess vitamin is taken in, it's fat-soluble, it actually gets stored away in fat tissues. Now, this is one thing that sets apart vitamin A because if you have followed along in any scientific journals, or maybe you've heard conversation. Now, this was decades ago, back in the 90s, but vitamin A kind of had a little bit of a moment where people were fearful of taking too much vitamin A because of its potential toxic threat to the body. And this was especially important for young children and pregnant women. Now, what I want to say here is that everything, in my opinion, you kind of got to take with a grain of salt, because if you see any one nutrient that gets demonized, it's kind of a red flag for me. I always think, why is a specific nutrient being demonized? So if you think about big pharma, they can't patent. They can't protect any particular nutrient, right? Or isolate it. They can isolate it, change it a little bit and create it into a drug that they can then patent and sell you. But vitamin A by itself isn't profitable, nor is vitamin E or B vitamins, anything like that just by itself. Yet we know that vitamins are critical to the overall functioning of our cells and our bodies. So A lot of times we see disease really being manifested as a deficiency of specific nutrients. In fact, I want to go back to an episode we actually did. I'm going to tag it in the show notes for you. This was episode number 179 with Chris Kresser, and we talked about micronutrients specifically and how he believes that they are really at the root of so many of the diseases that we see. The conversation, though, in today's age is not around deficiencies because we live in a society of abundance. There's no shortage of food. It's everywhere. It's on every single corner. So it's oftentimes what's not talked about because we are overindulging in so much, yet we're so undernourished. So keep that in the back of your mind as we have this conversation. Now, I want to talk about vitamin A as it's related to its roles for your body. So it's critical for 
the integrity of eye health. You may think of vitamin A being associated with beta carotene and eye health. That's generally what most people associate vitamin A with. So you're not wrong. We're going to break that apart a little bit more, but it's also really important for your immune system and for your mucous membranes and fertility and your skin. So these are the areas that often don't get enough attention. And oftentimes we see symptoms of a lot of people that experience fertility issues or eczema or allergies, and it can be a deficiency in vitamin A. It's just not a conversation that's being had, which is why I think it's important that we're talking about it today. Now, there's two forms of vitamin A. There's preformed vitamin A, which is the retinol version. This is the one that comes from animal-based food. So think of things like eggs, chicken liver, uh, whole milk, yogurts, cottage cheese, those kinds of things. Those are the ones that are going to be high in retinol. Now, Provitamin A is the plant-based version, and there's several different forms, and you may be familiar with things that are orange, like carrots. We always talk about carrots being high in beta carotene, right? And sweet potatoes are high in beta carotene. So are pumpkins and broccoli and apricots. So there's a number of different foods that also contain this form of vitamin A. Now, they are different forms and they serve different purposes. So beta carotene acts more like an antioxidant, which has a lot of value. However, the other forms of vitamin A are utilized to help support the immune system a little bit more and fertility in different ways. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but this is why we're starting to see some deficiencies because what happened was a lot of these recommended guidelines, people were afraid that they were getting too much vitamin A. So a lot of the manufacturers of supplements, especially prenatal supplements, they started taking the retinol or the retinal ester form, that's the animal form of vitamin A and replacing it with the beta carotene form. But that's not gonna be suitable enough, especially for someone that's pregnant or somebody that is trying to conceive. So for young children, pregnant women, or even adults in general, you need to be able to have those animal forms, but also have the beta carotene forms in having a very wide variety plant plant-forward diet. Now, the other thing I want to address is synthetic vitamin A versus natural forms of vitamin A. And you all know we preach and talk all the time about whole food forms of nutrients. That means eating food in its original state before it gets processed, denatured, or deconstructed in any way that really compromises the integrity of what that original plant matter or animal product was. So synthetic vitamin A is not more superior to natural forms. You may think that a synthetic vitamin is more potent because we can really calculate and dial in the dosing amount and adding it to a supplement form. However, they are really produced through a lot of different chemical processes that involve extraction and isolation and synthesis of specific vitamin compounds. And so that kind of brings along its own level of concern. Um, synthetic ones are made to replicate the function and structure of their natural counterparts. But what happens is that they start to lack these trace minerals, enzymes, and cofactors that help with the utilization and optimization of the vitamins. So I like to think of these as kind of the helper molecules, right? these enzymes and cofactors, they all help transport that specific nutrient into the cell so that it can be used across that cell membrane. If you don't have all of these helper components, then those nutrients are just going in your body. And then again, they've got to be metabolized. So they're either getting stored in fat or they're being excreted out through the kidneys. And it's not actually helping your body on a cellular level. The other thing we need to consider about synthetic vitamins versus now this is just synthetic versus any type of natural vitamin is that they work synergistically so they rely on each other's presence of each other to function properly so we'll take vitamin d for example because vitamin d really is like 
everybody talked about it when COVID came around or when you're sick, it's always vitamin D, vitamin D. Love vitamin D, but vitamin D is, is necessary for calcium absorption and ma magnesium helps regulate calcium in the body. So if you don't have adequate vitamin A, vitamin D, magnesium, you're not gonna be able to utilize these different nutrients in the right way. So you end up flooding your body with something which can actually create more downside than it can benefit if you don't have the right things partnered together. Now, Dr. Chris Masterjohn, who we've also had on the podcast before, um, he actually wrote something about this, an article, um, and it was published, I believe, on the Weston A. Price Foundation, and I'm gonna link some information about them as well. So if you wanna dig into the science of this anymore, just go to the show notes because I'm going to kind of compartmentalize everything down there and organize it for you so you can access it. But he talks about this vitamin D overload where vitamin A and vitamin D need to be partnered. So vitamin D will use up vitamin A in the body if they're not partnered together. So one of the things that I love the most about natural food sources of these nutrients is that they kind of have the perfect blend. So cod liver oil was one of my favorite supplements to take, still is, but especially when I was pregnant because it had that perfect combination of vitamin D and vitamin A. You don't have to worry about the ratios when nature's got it already figured out. You know, we can start splitting hairs in a lab, but I would rather go take what's growing out of the ground because I know that that is biologically engineered to match what my body needs. And I don't need to have, you know, some science lab to figure it out. In fact, our bodies are innately designed to utilize nature in the most effective way possible. So why we're breaking everything apart and then putting it all back together with all these different additives makes no sense to our bodies. Make it easier on yourself, stick to whole food forms. We're gonna actually go over what the richest sources of vitamin A are in our diets, why you may be missing out on it in just a little bit. It'll also be in the show notes, but we're gonna cover that in just a moment. Now, the other thing I wanna talk about, synthetic form of vitamin A, is that it's not easily absorbed. And I referenced a, um, a podcast I did a while ago on folic acid versus folate. And it's very similar in, in how vitamin A is used, right? Folic acid requires different conversion and enzyme processes in order to become the active form of folate before it can be utilized in the body. Um, and oftentimes by taking folic acid, you can gunk up receptor sites and actually create a barrier to using folate or receiving folate in the cell. So similarly, synthetic vitamin A is not as easily absorbed without having all those cofactors because again, your body has to do something with it. One other special mention here is that it is not really regulated when you're taking vitamins. So if you think, okay, maybe I have a vitamin A deficiency, I'm gonna take a supplement. This is my argument really is about using whole food forms because a lot of these like cod liver oil and fish eggs, roe oftentimes is what you'll hear it as, or uh, raw milk or beef liver, those are not in our diet. So that's where the concern is really coming in. But the FDA isn't really checking dietary supplements before they hit the market, meaning there can be all kinds of supplement fraud and you're really not aware of it and nobody is held accountable. So there are residual traces of solvents and chemical compounds. You can have acetate, chloroform, hexane, petroleum, glyphosate, you name it. I mean, there's, it's really, it's the wild west, anything goes. So do you really wanna be compromising things by just saying, well, I'll just make sure I take a bunch of vitamins, make sure I'm hitting all of my nutrient requirements or stick to whole food forms, Make sure you're getting the adequate ratios of cofactors, and also you're you're really limiting or eliminating the potential exposure to more toxins that creates a real burden on your liver and other detoxifying organs. So if you're asking yourself, okay, I've never heard about anyone having a vitamin A deficiency. Is this really even relevant to me? 
I want to go over a couple of things because this is very overlooked in my opinion. And I actually listened to a woman um, and she was doing an interview and I'm going to link that on here too. Her name is Pan Schoenfield and she did um, an episode with West Today Price with um, Sally Fallon on this specific thing. And she sees this in practice and clinic all the time. And I found it so interesting because in the fertility world, vitamin A is really not talked about. Um, if anything, the only conversation is that you need to stay away from vitamin A because of its potential toxic burden. But that's not necessarily the case in today's world. So some of the signs and symptoms, I would say, of vitamin A deficiency are things like bumps on the back of the arm, like little tiny bumps if you feel that. Now, the most common sign is blindness or night blindness or a difficulty seeing at night. So if you're somebody that gets in the car and you're like, oh, I cannot drive my car, I can't, I, you know, it hurts my eyes, that is the classic sign of vitamin A deficiency. Now, if you go to underdeveloped countries, this is the number one thing that you're gonna see. Now, despite the low prevalence of vitamin A deficiency in developing countries, children with risk factors are still vulnerable to this type of deficiency, um, autism being one of them. So if you think about children that are on the autism spectrum, many of them have a very limited uh, food palate, and so they eat maybe a small handful of foods, which really creates not just a vitamin A deficiency, but could create a lot of other deficiencies as well. But this can actually perpetuate more um, areas of concern because the child is not getting enough nourishment, but especially vitamin A because it's so critical for their development, the development of their eyes, their immune system, so many other functions in the body. All right, so this fertility piece. Now, if you think about it, Vitamin A, right, you can have a deficiency uh, because you are either not able to utilize the nutrients well, right, they're getting stored up in the body, they're not being uh, mobilized and taken up into the cell because maybe there's not the appropriate cofactors and mineral balances and things like that, or maybe you're just not getting enough vitamin A in your diet because we know it's an essential nutrient, meaning it has to come from your food. There's non-essential nutrients that your body can help reduce, but the essential ones you have to get from your diet. That's why it can be really critical that if you have a deficiency that if you don't correct that, it will manifest in disease because your body has no way to access it otherwise. So if you think about some of this vitamin A, up to 20% of it can be can be contained in adipose tissue and in the stores of the liver. Now, if the liver is congested because there's toxicity in the body or say there's excess fat, you've got fatty liver or, um, or your body is just metabolically really sluggish, you have an inability sometimes to, to utilize some of these nutrients. Now, if you're able to clear up the liver some and you're able to actually mobilize some of this fat, now you free up some of these nutrients to be utilized, right? Because now the liver is a healthier organ. So now you can utilize some of these nutrients better. This is where we see fertility come into the picture because for a lot of women, it's not just the vitamin A, it's that the vitamin A can't get into the cell, it can't be utilized well because the liver's congested, because there's extra toxicity from multiple areas. So it's multiple things at once, but all of a sudden now you clean up the liver and now you can utilize and mobilize nutrients in a much better way. Now, another way that you can get a deficiency 
is by being exposed to seed oils. This was a correlation that I didn't expect. So when I read about it, I thought, well, this completely makes sense. I just never would have put this together. So think about all of these damaging oxidized industrial seed oils. They're everywhere in our food supply. They're at every restaurant. They're in almost you know all packaged foods. I mean, it's like finding a needle in a haystack when you're trying to avoid seed oils. But these fried foods and processed foods that we have in our diet, we know that they can deplete vitamin A because they create excess reactive oxygen species. Now, I told you before that vitamin A can kind of help neutralize those ROS, those reactive oxygen species, because it operates as an antioxidant, but it can also create things like deficiencies because your body is now flooded with something that it has to be able to manage, a heavier toxic burden, essentially. So toxins, again, always coming into the scene, but knowing that they can deplete specific nutrients that carry out really important roles for your body is important for you to realize because it's not always about just adding, adding, adding. I think that there's value in that, but if we're not realizing that some of the things we're adding may be coming with some downsides that deplete other nutrients, that can be problematic. Now, I want to summarize a little bit of this. I know we've kind of been all over the place with vitamin A. We've talked about vitamin A in whole food form versus synthetic, and it's important to realize that getting it in its whole food form is the most important. It's also important to realize that if you are completely plant-based, you are missing out on really critical forms of vitamin A that you are not getting from plants. You're getting beta carotene, you're not getting retinol. My favorite forms of vitamin A is getting an organ supplement. So even when I was pregnant, I took an organ supplement. I don't eat liver all the time, but I will take a compounded one that has, um, it's got heart, and liver and kidney, uh, I believe in there. And it's amazing. It's a, it's in capsule form and I don't have to worry about it. I just take a couple capsules a day. I actually did it twice a day. I did morning and evening along with my prenatal vitamin. Um, and I also did cod liver oil and I did a, a, a much more on the upper echelon of the dosing of cod liver oil. But again, you're getting that vitamin A and vitamin D balance. And that ratio is really important for the uptake of the nutrients so that your body can actually use them. Now, if you're curious on whether or not you have a deficiency, again, things like night blindness or a difficulty at night being able to see without having pain or having those bumps behind the arm, even things like eczema have been, have been linked to vitamin A deficiency and seasonal allergies or sneezing those kinds of things. So there's a number of different symptoms, but what I would suggest is that you even look into something like a micronutrient panel. Now, I used to run these on clients all the time when I was working with them uh, because it uh, actually looks at the intracellular um, fluid of a cell. So basically looking at what's in the cell. Now, if you go and get a nutrient panel that's just looking at extracellular fluid, you're looking at what the cell hasn't utilized. And that's not really an accurate picture, right? Because just because you take something doesn't mean that it actually can get into your cell. You wanna be able to evaluate what your body actually can grab onto and use. So I'll link SpectraCell in here, something that you may wanna look at. It, it evaluates more than just vitamin A. It's got 31 different vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and antioxidants that it evaluates. But I found it to be a very helpful test if you've never done something like that. And if you've been chasing symptoms, it might be worth looking into to say, oh, I've got a CoQ10 deficiency or I've got a vitamin C deficiency, whatever that might look like, because then you can get a little bit more specific and targeted with your supplementation approach. The other thing that would be important to realize is, you know, have these conversations with your practitioner. Uh, if they're not addressing vitamin A and you suspect that you've got some of the signs and, and symptoms of deficiency, bring it up. Maybe testing is an option. Maybe it's something that you just explore a little bit deeper, um, but look into some of the resources that we have here. There's another conversation and podcast that goes deep into for 
fertility specifically. So if you are a female dealing with for infertility, I would go back and listen to this. I'm going to link it in the show notes because it does a deep dive on that. This is kind of just a broad 30,000 foot view of vitamin A and really looking at the different forms of it and making sure that people are aware of what foods are are most rich in this nutrient and why it's so important that we're getting it on a regular basis. Um, but it's not, you know, there's, there's really not a lot of conversation around this because we are a developed country. Um, pediatricians don't even really suspect it either because again, it's not something that we see commonly. However, it doesn't mean that it's non-existent. So recap on some of the foods. Remember there's two forms of vitamin A. There's preformed vitamin A, which comes from animal products. And I always just like to think like, if you're going to a farm, what are you getting? You're getting like organs, you're going to get raw milk, you're going to get eggs. So that's just how I think about it. Uh, Egg yolks are actually really rich in vitamin A. So I, I do, and this may gross you out, but I do a egg yolk, a raw egg yolk every single morning. And I actually put it in my coconut yogurt, which really may have you gagging at this point, but it doesn't taste bad. (laughs) Um, but I mix it in and then I add like some collagen and some protein powder, some beef isolate protein powder. And then I add some berries. I promise you don't taste it at all, but I know the nutrients in that egg yolk hit everything that you need. It is, they are so nutrient dense, especially something like choline, which is really important. And it's not found in a lot of other foods, but it is a whole food and it is rich. It's one of the most complete sources of nutrients that and beef liver and maybe spirulina. Uh, but I always do an egg yolk. So if you're not an egg eater, you could even try putting one in your smoothie because you probably, you definitely won't taste it. Um, and there's a lot of things, you know, people say, Oh, you can't eat raw, raw egg. Well, you can. <laughs> so you can actually do a lot of things that you, you know, likely heard or, you know, like you can swim after you eat a meal and not get a stomach ache. Like why we were sold all these lies as kids, but it's actually okay. Now, listen, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go slam down, you know, raw egg smoothies, but if you're not doing it and you're not opposed to it, it's not going to kill you. And then provitamin A. So these are the plant-based ones. Having a good combination of both is the best, in my opinion, right? You need to be eating plants because you're getting the phytonutrients and the fibers, all these other nutrients, but then you're getting the animal products, which have the amino acids and all these different components that help support the proteins, right? That support the building blocks of life. So you need both. Anytime we isolate a nutrient, we are now uh, not only going through some chemical processing likely and, and exposing you to toxicity, but we're also losing out on enzymes and cofactors that help your body utilize those nutrients. So if you have been curious about vitamin A, check out all the links in this episode. I hope that it helps at least just illuminate something that you probably never thought about. And again, if you're dealing with that fertility piece, please look into this because there have been countless stories of women and men that have actually seen dramatic improvement. I mean, people that I've read stories after stories of doing IVF and not even having good embryonic quality and improving those eggs just by the use of vitamin A. So you want to make sure that you're always staying within the recommended guidelines of using vitamin A. If you're getting it in your diet, you don't necessarily need to supplement with it, but most of us are not eating egg yolks and raw liver. So that's why I bring it up. If you're not eating fish eggs, and raw liver, then maybe you need to supplement a little bit with it. And I love taking encapsulated uh, liver supplements. You can also use, I'll just plug this one too, because I'm just now thinking of it, but we did another 
podcast a while back um, from a gentleman that actually has a seasoning that you can use to cook with your food. And it's called Eat Pluck. And I have it actually in my house. James Berry was, um, he's the founder of that company. Phenomenal. I'll also link that episode for you. Um, but he actually has seasonings that have all different types of spices and herbs, and then also has um, desiccated like dried uh, organ in it, organ, uh, different types of organs. So you don't taste it, but you can actually season your food with it. And that's a phenomenal way to also get the nutrients from organs if you're not eating them, which most of us are not. So guys, thank you for joining me again on another episode. I always love hanging out with you. I always just imagine what everyone's doing. So I hope wherever this finds you today, whether you're in the gym, walking your dog, cleaning your house, folding laundry, making a smoothie, throwing a raw egg yolk, and just know that I think you're doing a great job and I hope this has served you in some capacity. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all the things, press all the buttons. Find us on Instagram at the Health Institute. You can follow me, Organic Blondie, um, or check out my co-host, Dr. Molly. And uh, I will see you guys on the next episode. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I wanna say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.